Hi there, I'm Emma Kiesling. And I'm Sydney Allen. And this is Uncovering Publishing, a UCL podcast. Welcome to the very first episode. We're very excited. The way we got the idea to start this podcast is a little interesting. Sydney, you want to explain a little bit? Absolutely. So Emma and I had the lovely honor of volunteering at Booksellers Future Book Conference this year. Uh, And we were put in a room that had a lot of uh, seminars dealing with podcasting, audiobooks, and, you know, the kind of audio future of the bookselling industry. And we were just so interested by it that we got to talking about starting our own podcast, uh, dealing with the specifics of the industry and getting into it. Yeah, it was interesting. The specific room we were in was just, you know, like, I think, what, two audiobook uh, panels and then one on podcasting. So we really, we didn't mean to, but we got a lot of that. And then we had this idea because, you know, we have a lot of really cool conversations about publishing. We meet a lot of really cool people um, through the program. So I think this will be a really good place to sort of have those and put them out there. Uh, How are you feeling about it, Sydney? I'm feeling very excited. I have to say when Emma and I were at Future Book, we really did get the opportunity to talk to so many just amazing people in the industry. And we really love the fact that they took the time to talk to us as students. You know, we're obviously not the most important people at these conferences. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not, no. Uh, but they definitely made us feel uh, so invigorated and excited at the prospect of joining the industry and took the time to guide us through, you know, some of their ideas on how to get in. And so we thought, you know, this podcast would be a really great way to share it with anybody else that might be curious. It's definitely one of my favorite things about the industry. You know, it can be very intimidating like anything, I think, but everyone we've talked to has been really nice and like willing to share information. Um, So it's not scary in that sense. Um, Okay, let's jump into, we have a couple of short questions that we want to ask at the beginning of every podcast because I don't know, we just thought that they would be a good way to get to know someone, what they like to read um, and kind of who they are as a person. So Sydney, I'll give you the first one first. It is, what is your favorite book to give as a gift? And Christmas is coming up, so this is perfect timing. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So my favorite book would have to be Mistress of Rome by Kate Quinn. Uh, For me, it combines two of my favorite genres being historical fiction and romance. Uh, But it's also a great read, I think, for anybody because it deals with so many amazing storylines with the differences of class structure, uh, you know, the wars in ancient Rome, and obviously a great romance between two people spanning generations yeah it sounds good we're <laughs> doing a, a secret santa in our program soon and so i'm i feel like the person who gets mistress of rome i'll be like <laughs> i know who that is i've already bought it so yes that will be <laughs> the one i'm gifting mine would probably be if it was someone sort of around my around my age range i'm only 23 i'm very into all of the like fantasy that has elements of romance um it's this older series by Lonnie Taylor called Daughter of Smoke and Bone, very sort of run of the mill title. It gets confused with a lot of things, but it's been around for a while and it's been one of my favorites for a while, kind of subverts ideas about angels and demons and there's a great enemies to lovers. Um, so it's always one of the first ones I recommend if people are into sort of like Akatar and stuff like that. So she's actually recommended that to me already. So. <laughs> Okay, and then Emma, what's one book you'd like to see on the screen? Okay, so one of my favorite Netflix shows is a show called Altered Carbon, and it's this like 
cyberpunk, like futuristic. Uh, if you've seen like Blade Runner, it has those vibes. And one of my favorite books ever is a book called Neuromancer, Father of Cyberpunk by William Gibson. Um, Neuromancer is, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's kind of a trippy, like, future. He imagined so many things about the internet and the web and, like, science fiction that hadn't ever really been explored in that way. And it would be such a trippy, awesome, like, TV show or movie or something like that. So that is my big, like, that could get put into film. What's your city? Go ahead. Definitely. So I feel like it's actually a great time for a movie like that as well, just because we finally have a CGI capable of doing some really excellent sci-fi. That'd be so cool. What's (laughs) yours? Uh, For me, I'm going to go with what I think is probably a classic, but A Court of Thorns and Roses. So hopefully that'll Mm -hmm. be happening soon with Hulu. Uh, But the main reason for that, I remember just so many of the jaw-dropping moments that I experienced, and it's so fun to talk about with other fans of that book. Um, And it'll be really exciting to pull in a whole new crowd and get to watch episode by episode as they get their minds blown by all of the plot twists. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It had this a similar trajectory as like Game of Thrones, where it's sort of getting really popular as a book. But then I'm sure if if and when it gets made into a show, the popularity is going to be crazy. Um, Okay, there's two more questions. The next one is, what's your favorite media at the moment? that's not a book, right? We're in publishing, we're talking to people in publishing, but we do have other hobbies and things that we like. So we're gonna take maybe like a minute or two to talk about something um, that's not books. What's yours, Sydney? Uh, For me, I've just been listening to Natalie Merchant's Tiger Lily album on repeat. I think maybe it's because, you know, you moved to a new place and this is the album that my mom used to play when she was in her late 20s, early 30s. And now here I am a few decades later living alone in London and loving the album for myself. That's sweet. You're channeling like your your mom's My inner mom. (laughs) How about you? Um, I'm a huge NBA fan. Uh, when I was, I lived in Korea for two years, and when I was there, the NBA games would be in the morning because of the time difference, which was, like, awesome. I would have breakfast and, like, watch an NBA game, but here, they're all at, like, midnight, 1 a.m., oh, so, it's no. like, so it's, like, I'll be in bed, like, ready to sleep and, and just, you know, the the <laughs> announcer's voices just sort of lulling me to sleep from from NBA games. All right. Last question is, in a publishing sense, what comp would immediately make you bid on a new book? This is like, put your mind in like your commissioning editor at your dream imprint, you, you whatever. Uh, what book would make you say, okay, I have to consider this? Okay. So for me, it's absolutely going to be Cleopatra's Daughter by Michelle Moran. Uh, It takes place in ancient Egypt, and I genuinely just don't think that there are enough fiction books written by women about ancient Egypt. So if I saw that come across my desk, I'd bid immediately. Uh, Other than that, if I wanted something fun and lighthearted, it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey. Uh, She just has such a great writing style, and it really did make me laugh out loud. That's interesting what you say about ancient Egypt and there not being much written by women, because... Mm -hmm it makes me think about all of the retellings from ancient Greece. And there's a lot of great female writers doing stuff there, but you're right. I haven't heard anything about ancient Egypt as a. Yeah, it's interesting. I do feel of the ancient world. It's the one that gets overlooked the most by authors, which is a shame because it is my favorite. Yeah, it's really cool. (laughs) I loved, um, what was the Marvel show that 
that was based moon Knight. moon Knight oh. is great it's oh like, i'm gonna have to add that to my um, list it like incorporates all of that stuff but obviously marvel defied <laughs> um all right and what about your comp okay i have two but that's because i have two different genres that i think if i put on the hat many many years <laughs> down the line if i were commissioning the first is the atlas six possibly well right now my favorite series going you know really updated dark academia but it has a very unique style so especially if the comp was about the style because she you know it's it's third person and she jumps between different characters but you get so inside each of these characters heads and it's so much about like their relationships okay um i would just instantly be interested my other one is the three body problem by si Xin lu i think there's a lot of stuff like that um that's being written in like china japan korea but it's hard to find no one because it's all in translation so if that came came to me i would immediately be like yes there's such an <laughs> opening in the market for that i think it's really interesting because we both mentioned kind of sectors that we feel maybe are overlooked and not written enough because i know in class you touched on dark academia as one of the kind of areas where more books need to be written yeah so, for yeah. sure all right um let's move on to sort of a main segment we it's just the two of us here today obviously later on we'll be having on different industry professionals and people from our program um but right now we just wanted to basically interview each other um so that everyone can get a good sense of where we're coming from and how we're coming into publishing um so sydney i guess if you could just Give me a brief overview. How did you get interested and into publishing? What brought you to London and this moment in time? Yes, absolutely. So uh, for me, what really brought me here was my background in sales uh, in a completely different industry. So I worked for five years as a manufacturer sales rep to the hospitality industry, uh, and I really enjoyed the relationships I made. Uh, I enjoyed all the networking events. What I didn't so much enjoy is what I was selling and, you know, warranty claims, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so I was really looking for a way to combine uh, my interests and make it a job I was more passionate about. Ergo publishing. Yeah, there's passion. Uh, <laughs> definite passion. Um, and to do so, I realized I was going to need to kind of start that transition early on. Uh, I wanted to obviously get into the master's program at UCL. And because I read so much romance, I figured why not start a freelance romance editing business? And it kind of took off for a moment there. I've definitely put it on the back burner for now, um, but I did start on Fiverr and then open my own website. And I have some really great clients um, and I just work on developmental edits um, kind of on the plot points for their romance novels. It's a very different thing to be doing that freelancing from what you say you liked about so I should mention yes. it's it's a little odd or it might seem odd that we're both Americans doing this <laughs> podcast in London at a British program. So but you said that, you know, you enjoyed the networking, the sales part. What what did you think about the editing business, the freelance business? So when I first transitioned into the freelancing, I absolutely loved it simply because I got to be in publishing mm -hmm. um, in my own small way. Um, but working with authors, 
kind of getting even just more FaceTime with more well-known authors that I had been fans of for a long time um, was really magical. Um, however, the ultimate goal has always been to return to sales. Yeah, I know. I was going to say you're totally <laughs> lying. I know you didn't yeah. love all of it and that's okay. Like we're figuring yes. out what we like. It, because at the end of the day, I loved working with authors. What I didn't love was editing their book <laughs> right? and the nitty gritty. Um, exciting at first, but for me personally, it got a little bit monotonous. It is a lot of time in front of your computer reading those manuscripts. Yeah. Um, and I would definitely prefer to be drinking wine with literary <laughs> agents at a conference. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we're making that switch and I was able to get into the master's program at UCL where we are now. Uh, and already it's helping me kind of identify the areas that I most want to be in, which yeah. is you yeah. made it. You're, you're, <laughs> we're here. That. you're here yes. for sure. Um, so where you come from, you were in sales, you did a little bit of freelancing. What are your goals now, you know, currently during the master's and then afterward? And what are your sort of plans to get to that point? Yes. So now that I am here, my goal has been just to really dedicate myself, not only to the master's program, but to the opportunities that UCL can afford us as publishing master's students, um, like the Future Book Conference, um, because at the end of the day, I want a job. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, it was so interesting because at Future Book, I got to speaking to the wonderful Ruth Jones from Ingram, who essentially told me at the end of the day, you just need to get into the publishing industry one way or another. A lot of times that first job isn't in the sector that you particularly want, but she was wonderful in that she said, once you're in, you're in. Yeah. And it's a tight knit group, a wonderful family of people. Um, you just need to get your foot in the door. So yeah. that's definitely the goal. So as many events as I can go to, as many people as I can meet. I think so many parts of the industry industry are interesting. You know, like, yes, I think, you know, everyone there is interested in reading and, and that kind of thing. I don't know. I just think there's so many different things personally that I could do and enjoy and have fun with. Exactly. You know? Even at Future Book, talking to the marketing girls and who working yeah. social media and because there is kind of a tie in there with sales, especially when I was an independent rep, I was making my own flyers. I was doing my marketing lists. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, you know, great overlap. And For I know sure. you're interested in rights, which is another really interesting industry. How about you? How did you get into your publishing? Yeah, well, rights, rights is the very, very end. So I, I got to start a lot earlier. <laughs> I, you know, I went into university like thinking I was going to do something completely different. I was like, I'm going to do politics, but sw swiftly realized that I was an English major at heart, loved it. Don't regret the decision at all because it made my university experience great. And sort of during that time, I worked for a literary agency in New York. I believe it's. Oh, called. wow. Well, it was it was remote. I was just reading from the slush pile. So it wasn't too good. <laughs> it wasn't that glamorous. Um, I think it's still called HG agency, but they would just sort of like send me manuscripts. My job was to read and then do a reader report. And it wasn't much more than that. Um, but I was also kind of like, it's so cool that like, this is just like what you can do. You know yes. what I mean? Um, but then I graduated, like right after the pandemic had started. And didn't want to go to New York. It was a little <laughs> bit dangerous there. Um, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I ended up moving to Seoul, South Korea. I knew some Korean and I taught English there for two years. Um, 
I'm pretty fluent in Korean. I'm always like hesitant to say that, but I, I speak it and I love it. And that's sort of what got me into the idea of rights because I saw how different that market is from all of the Western countries that I've been to and like just how many openings there are and like how few of those deals there are simply because there's maybe not enough people doing it or interested right. in it. Um, and, you know, I, I loved teaching. I love being in Korea, but that the teaching wasn't something I wanted to do <laughs> with my life. So that's what brought me to UCL, kind of a circuitous situation. And so what are your goals now that you're here at UCL? Where are you trying to go? Um, well, so as far as figuring out that I was interested in rights, I initially was just interested in the sort of mechanics of it. And okay, how does a book get sold to X, Y, and Z place? Um, but at the Future Book Conference, actually, we ran into um, Gemma McDonough from the Marsh Agency. Um, and she was explaining being in rights as kind of a, I think she made it seem very glamorous, but like <laughs> globe trotting and making deals and meeting people and learning about all kinds of different genres and finding cool new authors and that's completely up my alley i love to travel um i love meeting people from different backgrounds and the sort of deal making process even if it's the nitty-gritty <laughs> um so that's definitely my eventual goal perfect and i know we did both end up in london from the united states yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think we can both agree it's for uh one a passion to travel yeah uh, but two you know publishing happens in london or new york the concentration of people who work in publishing in london is just insane you know london is a big city but i feel like and obviously i'm going to like book related events right. and things but it's a it's a little bit you know it's wild how many people in this city are in this same industry and you know willing to help and absolutely cool. i mean on the flip side away from book events i just walk my dog and i've yeah. already met two <laughs> contacts from dog walking where they either have a friend in publishing or they are in publishing and again they are so willing to talk yeah so i don't know if it's publishing people or what but i am a big fan but it's so cool <laughs> like i also i think the reason a podcast is a good idea is because I really think publishing people are so interesting to talk to in general. Yes. I'm like so excited by all the conversations I'm having, you know, even after we left future book and we had just, just like gone out to dinner and I had this, you know, whole conversation with a couple of course mates about like, I think it was like Russian lit and classics <laughs> and like, you know, moving places and different languages. And um, that kind of thing is really awesome. Spice of life kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. So our last question is going to be a little difficult <laughs> for us to answer um, and much easier for our future guests to answer. Um, but I guess we can give each other advice. We're going to ask about what kinds of advice you have for people getting into publishing. So I might tweak it a bit for this mm -hmm. one, Sydney, and ask you what, what kinds of advice have you gotten so far and what has been useful to you? Definitely easier for me to answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're the most qualified right. to give it. Uh, so I would have to say the biggest advice is to network. Yeah. Um, that's the advice I was given um, both by people in publishing and out of it, and it's already proven. 
uh, to be really true. Also, there was an author um, who spoke at one of the panels at Future Book, and mm -hmm. she had a great quote, and it was, always be nice to everybody on your way up because you don't know who you'll meet on your way down. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, yeah, I, I've always really loved that sentiment, and I think that that's just always an important piece of advice to keep in mind. But at the end of the day, networking and taking a chance. Um, the best people I met at Future Book, I went up to a pot of people I didn't know yeah. by myself. And yeah. it's always scary, but it's always worth it. Yeah, people are really friendly. And, you know, the few times in my life I've been on the other side of it yes. and like in a more senior position, even in university, like I know personally, I've never felt weird about someone coming to me for advice or asking for something. So I try to like internalize that <laughs> when I'm going up to someone and being like, hey, you're really cool. I love what you do. Um, will you talk to me? Because I think people really like to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we can't tease any guests quite yet, but we have <laughs> a lot of really cool ideas and also honestly, like a really great cohort of people on this program with us that we really want to get on, um, and have some really awesome discussions about getting into publishing the industry in general, um, and looking for that comp position that we'll get. <laughs> Trying to that work we will, in... that we will hopefully have one day soon. Yeah, trying to work in the name here. Um, but yeah, so uh, definitely sign up for whatever the notifications you can get. And let us know if there's anybody that you are desperate to have on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So that we can show we've got some pre-order interest. Yeah, we'll, we'll take <laughs> suggestions 100% and comments, any kind of comments <laughs> that you have. Um, yeah, until next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks.